0: Hello everybody. Today, I am so excited to be welcoming Sasha Willis. She's the boss lady behind By Sasha, host of the Strategy for Creatives Business Minus the Bullshit podcast, co-host of the Swirl and Sip podcast, and owner of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. As a business strategist, podcaster, and multifaceted business owner, her goal is to empower all women business owners by strategizing and action planning to build and grow their brands without stress when she's not doing business things you can find her spending time with her husband and their five year old son so thank you so much for being here Sasha I was just telling you like I'm fan growing a little bit because I followed you I got your emails before I got the chance to meet you so this is very exciting for me so thank you so much for being here thank you thank you for having me I know you just read your awesome bio but I would love to just hear a little bit more about you and your story and what inspired you to start your business
1: Sure. So I've had my business for 12 years now, and it's gone through many iterations of different versions of itself. But right now what I do is I help creative women entrepreneurs grow and scale their businesses and go from struggling solopreneurs to savvy CEOs. And I help them put some strategy in place and action plan behind their business and really just help grow their business without the stress and It's important for me to do that because I know as women, we we wear a lot of hats. We do a lot of things. We have a lot of roles. And I think sometimes the hustle culture and mentality that this country has, the world in general, can make us feel like we always have to go and that every hobby that we have needs to be monetized. And I don't believe any of that, and especially for creative people where they love their craft. They often are very good at creating whatever it is they're creating, but not so good at any of the back end of what comes along with the business. And so I want to help them put those things in place so that they can enjoy their business and let them manage their business and not let their business just run them like the business works for them and not the other way around.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so important. And I see that so often with business owners that you're so good at what you do, but the business part is, what's hard. It's so confusing. It can be so overwhelming. So I know one of the things you like to talk about is the difference between working on and in your business. So can you talk to us about the difference between working on and in your business?
1: Sure. So working in your business is doing the things that actually like client facing work, or if you're a designer, it's designing and things like that, responding to emails. It's that type of quote unquote, busy work, the things that actually make you money in your business, but it's, it's it's the day to day of business operations essentially but working on your business is actually putting all of that stuff to the side and putting what i call your ceo hat on and actually road mapping and strategizing and planning for your business so it's doing the things this time of year of course everyone is like what are we what are our goals for 2023 and that's part of working on your business what are your goals for your business how are you going to achieve those goals what is your money looking like? What is it telling? What story is it telling you about how much you're making versus how much you're spending? Looking at, if you have services that aren't money makers for you, do you need to do away with those? Do you need to niche down and focus more on one area of your business? It's all of that high level work that a lot of business owners struggle with because no one teaches you how to do a, be a business owner for the most part. You're really good at, at doing whatever your business does, but doing the kind of long-term thinking and working out what that looks like and how you plan on getting there is what's working on your business. The example I always give is with social media, you want to grow your social media account by 200 people, right? That's a good goal to have. But when you have your CEO hat on, you're going to ask yourself like, how? And more importantly, why is that a goal of yours? Like, why do you want to do that? How is it going to create... Revenue in your business is it meant to just be a funnel for people to come onto your email list? Is it because you want to provide value and get people to your website? So it's thinking through those questions as opposed to just feeling you got to grow social media because
0: that's just what you're
1: supposed to do.
0: Yeah, and that's so helpful. And I, so I think this is where it can get fun and where, as entrepreneurs and business owners, we help each other right where our niches are because I'm actually much more of someone who likes I like to work on my business I like the strategy I like the big plans I like the roadmaps and then I struggle <laughs> with crap now I gotta write the emails I gotta post on this you know what I mean like the that part of it. But it's so easy, especially I would imagine for creative business owners to, because that's where they're really good, right? They're going to be really good at doing the design work at forward facing photography and like really executing on their craft versus big picture. What are the plans? So do you, how do you encourage someone to make sure that they're thinking about both of these things holistically to grow their business?
1: I think you get to a point naturally where you have to because you, especially in the creative lines of work, you will get to a point where you either can't take on more clients just physically because you're not going to have enough time or you'll start to notice that the work that you're doing isn't, it's not living up to either your expectations or your client's expectations because things are falling through the cracks because you don't have any systems in place or automations or things like that, or your business is going in a direction where you didn't intend it to go. You're not sure if you want to go there. Maybe now you're serving clients that you don't really like to serve just because of the word of mouth or however you've managed to get clients. And and I think all of that forces you to take a step back and really look at, is this what I want my business to be? And I think we've all been there in our business but if we take a proactive approach to that and just spend a couple of hours not even like a couple like really you could do like an hour a week just looking all of that at all of that stuff and just guiding your business in a direction it'll help you understand where you want your business to go how fast or how slow you want your business to grow what you need in your business so in your case for example if you don't like to do any of the implementation work i'm a big proponent of outsourcing Mm -hmm. it's okay i know that if i have my strategy for everything that needs to get done on my website, I'm going to outsource like getting someone to write my blogs for me, right? Because, but you've done the work. So you know, that's the help that you need versus you get to a point and you have 10 blogs that haven't been written yet. And you know how important it is that they need to be written, but you really don't like to write. And now they're just ever growing on your to-do list because you just keep pushing them to the side. And you know that it's important because it's SEO and that's important for you. Okay, Sasha, stop calling me out right
0: now. (laughs)
1: But it's things like that. It's you have to know what your strengths are and your weaknesses are in any business. And that again, I'm I will hire out for any and everything because I know what I'm good at and the things that I don't like to do or don't want to do, I'd much rather pay someone to do it for me. And but it gives you that no, you know that this is the help you need because you have a plan. Cause a lot of times if you're doing it from the other way, if you don't have the plan and then you run into, oh, I need someone to help me with this. You often are hiring someone out of desperation. They might not be the best person to work for you. You don't even know if that's the price that you should be paying and it ends up not working out. And then you get into the cycle of trying to hire people because you need the help now instead of working through that in the beginning. It just saves a lot of headache. It saves a lot of burnout that people get. And I think a lot of times if you're not balancing working in and on, your, you will lead to burnout in your business and it won't be enjoyable anymore. And for especially a lot of creatives, they start businesses because they want it to be enjoyable. They enjoy what they're doing, the craft that they have. But when you start trying to tie money to it, it can get a a little fun.
0: Yeah. You said so many good things there. I want (laughs) to jump back on the outsourcing because that's something that I've been hearing a lot with some of my clients too, about that, that struggle of, I'm not even in a, like, I know I need to outsource, but I'm not even in a position to be able to do that. And then it's like that, that also that cycle of like, you're feeling a little trapped because you don't have the time to get yourself prepared (laughs) to take time off your plate, which is a tricky spot to be in. But it sounds like the overarching goal too, with working on your business is really about just being super intentional. Too, right? So it's making sure that those decisions that you picked on the blog posting, which is 100% something (laughs) I've been kicking down on my to do list. Oh, um, I do the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it. But knowing, like, why am I doing this? People can get so sucked up in like the vanity metrics, like you mentioned growing your Instagram following like why is that important why is that who needs to be following me how do I get in front of those people those are the kinds of extra questions that you can ask yourself when you're being intentional and working on your business so I love those are such great examples and you teach people about CEO day so can you walk through what, was, like, what does a CEO day look like and how someone should get started with that yeah so I always tell people you should
1: set aside at least one day if you can if not a whole day then a couple of hours where you you are CEO in your business. And that means that all client work, all forward facing aspects of your business kind of get pushed to the side for that day, you're not going to respond to client emails, you're not designing or doing client work, you're doing the things that are the goal planning in your business, you're looking at how many my goal this month was to get 200 followers on my Instagram, where am I with that? And do I need to change my strategy or the content that I'm putting out in order to hit that goal? Or if you're in the middle of a launch, how's that launch going? It's it might be doing things like catching up with your blog writing and those Mm -hmm. out or scheduling those marketing emails for those to go out. But you have to you have the plan in the background. So you, you know why these emails are going out. But It's doing that type of work. It's doing the work in your business that allows it to grow. And so I think it's crucial. It's doing things like bookkeeping. I know we all hate money. We all hate looking at our money and figuring out where it's going and how much we're spending. But your financials and your business can give you so much information. It tells the story of whether, where your money's going, where you're bringing in money, and so looking at those numbers, reconciling your books, and it can tell you. Even looking at that stuff, maybe you thought that X product or service was the money maker, and so you've been spending all this time promoting that. But when you look at your numbers, it's really why service or product. And that's really where people are spending money. So that can tell you maybe you need to shift so your focus over there. If people are already being drawn to that. Then that means maybe marketing that more and turning your attention towards that. Maybe it's realizing you have expenses that you don't need anymore and getting rid of those kind of things. And so it's really looking at your business holistically, taking that time once a week where you're not doing any of the client work and just focusing on how is your business doing and let's look at our strategy and our roadmap that we've made and our goals that we've made and see where we are and what needs to be adjusted
0: yeah so it sounds like we talked about you're spending your time doing finances money and I will say that is one thing I've outsourced I have a bookkeeper (laughs) because I don't mind it But it just was something I couldn't make brain space for. And she's better at it than me. So that was an easy thing to outsource. But it sounds like it's really the money piece of it. Like we had to break it down to the steps. Sounds like money, that roadmap work. So what is going to be the next step in your business? Looking ahead, forward thinking, checking in. I would say yep. an overarching strategy, right? What's working? What's not? Why am I missing anything? Because I feel like it's if free- you are,
1: if you do outsource anything in your business, checking in with them, right? those people, letting them know if priorities have changed, if there's certain projects you need them to focus on, that type of stuff. I know some people, you know, i I have a virtual assistant, and I know I'm horrible with her because I give her zero <laughs> direction. I'm just like, you know. Just go ahead and make posts and have fun. And she does a great job despite all that. But if I was a if I was a better person managing her, then it would be like, hey, this is my goal for the month. Or let me know if you need anything from me. Are we all set for next week's content or something like that? So it's doing those check-ins with people you might have on the team and the HR. And I use that in quotes because, you know, even as solopreneurs, most of the time, they're just contractors who are working with us. But doing those touch points and things like that. It could Mm -hmm. also be, and I don't want to shy away too too much on client work. I don't want to focus on that. But it could also be if you're onboarding new clients, that if you you send gifts to your clients, like getting those types of things out. If it's checking in on where they are on their project timelines to make sure nothing has to be rearranged. And, And that's, again, it's not really the client facing work. So you're not like touching base, talking to anybody outside. But it might be rearranging timelines or seeing how many more clients you can take on this month or how many more you need to take on this month in order to hit your financial goal and working that into your marketing. So it's things like that.
0: Yeah. And I was, you just made me think too about it kind of going back and thinking about the outsourcing. That's also when you can look at what are the systems in your business that need SOPs, standard operating procedures, need could be automated, like what can just work better and faster and easier. Yep, you. that's a really good one. If you know that
1: you're always sending out the same proposals and you're not really changing anything, but you're sending it via email and you have to take the time to do that, does that mean it's time to get a CRM system like Dubsado or Honeybook or something and building a workflow that sends those things out automatically. And a lot of that it, it's a lot of time to do mm-hmm. those things, but it saves you so much on the back end. So it's also thinking about better ways that you can run your business.
0: Yeah. And I also, something that I'm going to start implementing in 2023, thinking back to those client check-ins, something I do in my consulting role was every week I had a, I have to write a report of, for each client, what I accomplished, what I'm working on next and what I need from them in order to get anything done. And I, we have to do it as part of the company that I work for, but I was like, man, this is great for clients too. This is great for me, even if it's like my own personal project. What did I accomplish this year? Because celebrate yourself. You're all taking that moment to say, wow, I did a lot. What are you working on next? What are you going to be your areas of priorities, your focus, what projects you need to tackle? And then what if you're, it's client-based, what do you need from your client? Or what information do you need for yourself in order to accomplish those next things? So that's something that I'm going to be working on next year as well.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think like CEO days work best if they're either at the beginning or the end of the Mm -hmm. week, because you can either plan for your week ahead and think about questions like that. What do I need? What's the main goals for this week? What do I need to spend my time focusing on? Or, Or look back on the week, like if you do it Thursday, Friday, okay, what didn't get done this week? What needs to be the focus for next week? Where am I at? But sometimes when Wednesdays hump days, is a, it's an iffy day to have a CEO day it's right in the middle. But so I would suggest the beginning or end of the week, just because it does help you. It helps put you in that mindset of this is how I'm going to run my business this week, or this is how I'm going to set up my priorities for next week. And especially if you do it on a Thursday or Friday, it also allows you to like shut down after that mm-hmm. you're not doing any client work. So you, you can say, I finished all my client work for the week. These are priorities for next week. This is the things I need to work on. And I will focus on that on Monday. And so like it gives you that break and permission to close the computer too.
0: Yes. Yeah. I always doing them on Fridays because it's the same thing as like a nice, like the end of my day. I do them all at once, batch it together. Yep. Get them done. Send it out. Have a great weekend. I'm all done. Don't talk to me. I love it. What do you tell someone who comes back at you and says, this all sounds great? I don't have time. I don't have time with my (laughs) client work. What's your initial response when if someone says that to you?
1: So, especially as people who are solo running a business, you have to make time. Mm -hmm. if you don't have time, if you are that busy in client work, one, you might not be charging enough because they're taking too much of your time. And so you might want to think about looking at your prices and you can probably charge more and have less clients. But two, you are letting your business run you instead of you running your business and your biz- your business is dictating your priorities instead of the other way around. I think some of that comes down to having boundaries with clients. And so, yeah, if you're really busy with client work, that's maybe you need to outsource and hire somebody under you to help you with client work. So you can do those things in your business, but it might also be that you feel like you have to be real real responsive to your clients. You need to turn things around super quickly and maybe you need to reevaluate that. Maybe it's, okay, let's, instead of saying, I'm gonna send a client something in 24 hours, let me give myself 48 hours and let me make sure that they understand that that's the client expectation so you're not feeling like all you have time for is client work you give yourself a little bit of room our businesses are meant to like our businesses are meant to serve us like we at best thing about having a business is you get to decide how it works and so yeah. you get to decide when you talk to people and how often you talk to people and so if you allow yourself and you can start small if you allow yourself let me just take two hours in the morning and focus on that before I get into client work and instead of having a full day, let me just do an hour every day where I'm focusing on working on my business instead of in it like that will add up over time and might be able to ease you into having a full CEO day instead of trying to go for it all at once.
0: And that's such good advice. It's that the boundaries conversation is one that's so important. And I think exactly to your point, we get to make that decision. And you can, if you, if you've like, I don't want to say if you've you know, screwed up, but like if you've not set those good boundaries, it can feel really hard to just make a hard line. Like I said, start easing it up, slowly start backing up, backtracking a little bit. I highly doubt your clients will even notice, right? I'd be surprised. Like they probably won't even notice. But like I, I was having a great call with someone who's a graphic designer and she, we were working together and she gave me all this great stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, whenever you get to it, just send this over to me and I'll work on it. And I said to her, I was like, I need a deadline. You need a deadline. <laughs> yes. Don't get. I'm. I, I were You are. I'm hired. What is your deadline? You need this yes. by this date because then you have a response. Like you have to do your own work. So I even things like she oh, said, I never thought about that. I was just trying to be nice and accommodating. No, give me a deadline. Yeah. You can be nice and accommodating
1: exactly. with a deadline.
0: Hey, my nice and
1: accommodating means you get a week. I need you to give this back to me in a week in exactly. order for us to stick on our schedule so I can give you you're paying me for. But it's even something as simple as like in my email signature, I have something that says, I respond to all emails within 48 hours this days, And I let my clients know, if you email me at Friday at five o'clock, you're not gonna hear from me until Monday. And it's not because I'm ignoring you. I saw your email, it came through on my phone. It's just that I value my time. I want you to value your time. So I don't do any client communication on the weekend. And all of them are like, oh sure, no problem. I totally get it. And so if you do just little things like that, it helps establish those boundaries. And there's nothing that says it if you have a boundary that says, Oh, I, I respond within 48 hours that you can't respond in like two. Yeah. It just, that's the expectation that this is when you can hear from me because I have other things that I do. That's not just responding to you. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, and that's, I love that. I've seen some great signatures. I've actually seen some auto responders too that people set up. So there's a couple different ways that you can start Again, start setting those expectations for your clients and I helied out, I said, people may not even notice and you're probably not gonna get a lot of pushback because i have one client a designer friend who
1: she her admin day is on a wednesday and it says she has not her signature monday tuesday these are her hours thursday friday these are her hours wednesday closed and she's her business isn't closed because she's doing work on her business but it's closed for clients nothing is going to get responded to and that's like just an easy way to do it too like you can designate a day that's not a weekend that you are quote-unquote closed i love that and clients understand what that means. We know what it means when a business is closed. And so they know that they're not going to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Or office hours if you're a coach. So that's when people, you get, people can boxer or you or email you at any time, but you're only going to respond within this window. Yep. I think that's a great way to to set up your schedule and it helps as you're planning your week, decide what work is going to be done when. So you can be again, intentional and proactive about what you're doing and why you're doing it. So I think exactly. that's such good advice there. All right. So one of the things I love to do in this podcast is take a look behind the scenes of <laughs> amazing entrepreneurs and especially people with great strategies. So could you walk us through a normal day or week in your life and business? I live and die by my paper planner. Love it. I
1: do have everything in my phone, but on Sundays I tend to look at my phone look at my Google calendar and copy everything that I have into my paper planner that sits right to the right of me every day on my desk. And that helps me see visually how much time I have throughout the week. So I know between my son and our family and friends, things that we have coming up, I can tell, okay, Wednesday mornings, I'm going to be able to get a lot done. Wednesday afternoons, I'm On gymnastics practice with my son, so that's a no go for anything. So, I set that up throughout the week, and then because I actually do have a day job, I Mm -hmm. sit at my desk and I have my computer in front of me, and I have my day job computer to the side of me, and I pretty much bounce back and forth between both of them. That's I tend to, I'm a multitasker, I am not one for to do lists, despite me being. Visual when it comes to writing things in my planner, I very much keep a to do list in my head of things that I want to focus on for the week. And and I, and I all of that comes into my head based on how much time I have on my calendar laid out. My weeks are pretty much the same thing. I know I, I always need to write a blog post. I always need to send out my email marketing. I need to schedule and plan my social media content. And then I need to, whatever client work I have working on, I might need to do some homework around that. And so that's the buckets that, that I know my work mm-hmm. falls into. Just bounce between that throughout the week. Um, I Tuesdays is when my email goes out to my email list. So pretty much Mondays, I'm working on that to make sure it's all set up on time. And Tuesdays when my podcast episode comes out, like this week, for example, I'm I batch edit my podcast. So I have all of my January ones done. So I'll go in and edit all of them and upload them. So they're done for the month. And so that's how I operate. But come pretty much 3.34 ish, I'm done for the day. I close my computer. That's typically when I got to pick up my son anyway. So I don't really do anything work-related, my full-time job or my business after that, because then I'm mommy and wife mode. And the weekends, I don't do anything outside of putting stuff in my planner. I don't touch my computer on the weekends unless I have something that's really pressing or something that I personally want to work on. That's reserved for me time. I am a very big work life balance. I love it boundary person. So I make sure that I have that time for myself. Uh,
0: oh, that's so good. I'm a little stressed out that you don't write your to do list down, but I think that's good. That's <laughs> a personal. <laughs> I do. But one thing I do have is
1: also on my website, I have something called a daily, I think it's a daily priority checklist where it's like you write down. And this is, I think, good for people who struggle with what to do every day or feel like they mm-hmm. have it ever going to do this it's the top three things that you want yeah. that you want to get done for the day and then everything else is just extra if it gets done but it really helps you prioritize those must do things for the day so I, I have that as a free printable on my checkbook check on my website and I know all of this it's just I keep a lot in my head because I manage so many different things and so sometimes I write things down at So I don't forget them, but my, the main way I have of what to do, if you could see my computer right now, I have 50 tabs open on my computer (laughs) (laughs) and that keeps, that helps me keep track of what I have to do. So it may not be a regular to-do list, but literally every tab tells me all the things I like one of them right now, we need to buy new booster seats for my son. And so like that Amazon page is open <laughs> and it'll be open until we actually order those.
0: <laughs> okay. And so this is why I love this podcast and I love interviewing people because <laughs> productivity is personal, right? Every person is going to have a different approach to this. And I Again, I teach a variety. I teach what works for you. Like you're finding a system. It's all so interesting to me and so cool and uh, so different and works. Clearly you're um, a highly productive person. So a highly efficient person with good balance. So I think that's awesome. That makes me really happy. (laughs) I appreciate when I'm able to close a tab because it means something has
1: gotten done. There's probably never more than less than five or six tabs open at a time. Like that's the minimum but it just helps me keep track of the things that I have to do. So it's not a traditional to, to list, but it helps.
0: <laughs> do you find that they are distracting though? Do you have a click over and dabble oh. in the booster seat and then come back? Or is it like I
1: do sometimes, but I think that helps me from being bored and the way that I work. Also, a lot of people would find it very stressful the way that I work because I do bounce from thing mm-hmm. to thing, but it, I think by nature, I am a creative person. My businesses in the past have been in creative industries and it helps me not get bored with like monotony. Like sometimes doing the same thing does get boring. So if I find myself trying to write an email that I know needs to go out next week and it's just not coming to me and I'm struggling with it, I've been taking too long trying to do it. Then Yeah, I might pop over to my Amazon and say, let me just order this because that takes nothing out of my head. Like I already have it up. I know that that Mm -hmm. I need it. I need it in two weeks. So let me just order it now. And then I'll come back to it later. And it just helps me from stressing, like feeling like I have to finish this now. And like, clearly there are other things that I can also be doing with my time. And so if this one isn't, if I'm not in the right headspace for this right now, let me move on to something else that will help me get back to bed.
0: I think it is just something so important that I always recommend people have that kind of running easier time of kind of task list for exactly that. When you are staring at a blank page, there's, it is not going to be helpful to continue to stare at the blank page. Like you change it up a little bit, let your brain have your, give your brain some space to problem solve that by doing something else. So and I, there's plenty yeah.
1: of times where I've been working on something else and like with my emails, for example, I use to help me write my emails. I have a spreadsheet that generates like topics but sometimes I'm like I can't think of anything that fits into this topic I don't know what I'm going to write this week I'll go and work on something else and then I might be Mm -hmm. working on my social media and I'm like oh I can use this for that email and I'll write it down those are the few things like I'll write that down so I don't that's what I'm going to talk about on this so that way when I do make it back to that email I'm like okay I thought of a topic now I can just now it's much easier to write if if something is taking me too long to do if it's I very rarely feel stressed about anything, but if I'm feeling like, oh, this is not going to work, then I just step back from it. And then that's also the key to myself that this is probably something you need to pay someone else to do because it's not gonna, it's not gonna get any better for you.
0: Yeah, it's important not to, is it not as super stressed out about it? Trust that it'll come to you when it does, right? You always come back to it. And identifying those things that you want to outsource so that's all so I like hearing that that's a, it's a different <laughs> approach and I appreciate it as long as you can again then that works well for someone who isn't going to be super distracted like tabs tend to distract me so if I'm working on something I may actually have to close all my emails and my tabs because oh. I will find it I will find myself <laughs> clicking into it I uh, could never well my son <laughs> accidentally it
1: closes my tabs. I'm so thankful. I use Firefox and I'm so thankful that it has restored previous yes. sessions. Yes. What was I working on? Same, same what in Chrome.
0: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but listen, so again, productivity is personal, right? So we're going to find a system that works for you. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. We talked a little bit about how we adjust when stuff comes up, right? So something you said, you don't really get distracted, but how do you account for the unexpected? in your day?
1: I think I leave myself enough room throughout my day. I'm, I think because I actually don't have a set to do list, it allows time for random things to pop up. My son is at the age where any given day, he might have the sniffles, he might Mm -hmm. not be able to go somewhere. So I try to be really flexible in how my actual schedule looks for the day. Um, I have no shame. And if I have a meeting or something and it's just not gonna happen like I know that it's not something happened and I'm not gonna be able to do that I will email someone very quickly and say hey and I do it from my CRM system so it automatically gives them the reschedule link and it'll be mm-hmm. like so sorry like today isn't gonna work I didn't realize I had this or this came up I can we just reschedule and just send them a link that way and everyone has always been like sure no problem totally get it and so I think we we think that if things come up, that things aren't allowed to come up and aren't allowed to disrupt our day. Most people in general, like not even clients, but people in general are very understanding that things happen. And so I think we also need to be understanding of that ourselves. If things happen that I'm not able to get to something or I'm not able to publish my blog post or my podcast episode or that Tuesday email didn't go out, I don't really stress about it. One, I know people aren't most people aren't like checking their inboxes for my email every Tuesday, but that stuff happens and that's okay. And it's okay if that email didn't go out, I can schedule it for Wednesday, or I can just wait until next week to do it. It's okay that the podcast episode is a day later. That those types of things that we put that pressure, I think on mm-hmm. ourselves, that if there's something comes in and distracts us and messes up all the things we have planned that now we feel like there's so much catching up to do when really like a lot of times if you just give yourself grace and say, hey, stuff happens and I can push those things to tomorrow and I can let whoever I need to let know that this is why something might be late or something isn't going to get done today, then it just frees up a lot of our
0: mental <laughs> energy.
1: Yes, because
0: I, okay. Yeah, it's so many good things <laughs> I want to respond to. The first one being, I always say to my clients, no one is paying more attention to your business than you. You notice that email didn't go out. 99.9% chance that most of your listeners (laughs) and followers did not notice. So, 100%, we're not doing brain surgery in our business. Keep that perspective super healthy and give yourself that grace. I love that. And then I think as long as, far as like rescheduling and life happening, you're 100% right. And as long as you're proactive, with it, I had to reschedule this podcast interview because I had a client email me for something last minute. And I always think to myself too, whenever I have to do that, man, I just gave that person an unexpected hour of their life back. Like how (laughs) pumped is that? Like, I was very much, yes, this is, I needed this
1: today. Like I was going to squeeze it in. I was going to make it work if I had to, but I was like, no, this is awesome. Now I can, I don't have to rush to whatever I was doing. And I, and people don't like, people hate Meeting, so let's be honest. Really likes to meet with other people. No matter how much of an introvert or extrovert you are, if someone cancels a meeting on you, if it's within a respected amount of time, yep, yep, <laughs> and not like fifteen minutes before or five minutes before,
0: that person will be perfectly fine with it. <laughs> yes, yeah, we're recording this the last week of December, and I have no real like, client. I, mean, I had no meetings yesterday, man. <laughs> I that was a great day. I got so much stuff done. So yeah, I always again, as long as you're proactive and giving people enough respect, like respecting their time in terms yep. of giving them the notice, there no one's going to be mad to have an extra like day or an extra hour of their life back. Yeah, um, not, I think people people
1: understand that things mm-hmm. come up. I, again, I think it's a lot of taking the pressure off of yourself. Yeah, like just realizing we can only control what we can control and do what you can within that and then let the rest be.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. This is so good. I feel like we're having a lot of similar philosophies and strategies, which is why I'm such a big fan of you and your business and encourage everyone to take your five-day challenge, but where can anyone find you? Where can they learn more about you and the amazing work that you do?
1: Sure. Yeah. So my business is buy-sasha.com and all of all the things I offer. I have a ton of free principles and everything mm-hmm. like that. You can download an organized business checklist as a freebie, which will help you put your CEO hat on and tell you all the things you should be doing every month and quarterly and yearly in your business. But that's on my website. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm at strategy by Sasha. Um, my Facebook group was strategy for creatives. And I'm also strategy by Sasha on Facebook, Pinterest. I think I'm on the same thing. I think that's all my stuff. This
0: will all be in the show notes as yeah.
1: well. But
0: I loved your you have know, five-day email challenge yeah, too. I highly yep. recommend that.
1: Yep. And that kind of walks you through every day what being a CEO is. And so I talk about, okay, today we're going to be CFO, chief financial mm-hmm. officer. We're going to be HR director and think about those things like that. And so that five-day challenge really helps you narrow in on different aspects of your business to help you focus on this is what I should set time aside for.
0: Yeah. I've saved all those emails. I love them (laughs) because I I do think they're helpful. And it's something that I want to be more intentional about in 2023. Cause it's, it happens. And like I said, I am that like a big strategy roadmap person, but it's also making sure that I'm asking the right questions of myself. I'm paying attention to the right things, which is just a good reminder for everybody, no matter how long or what kind of field you're in is, there's something we need to be thinking about as entrepreneurs and, and making sure that we're dedicating the right time and space and energy to those things is yes. really important Yes.
1: don't let your business control you yeah
0: thank you so much it was so much fun to spend time with you and I said I encourage everyone to check you out and thank you for your time today thank you thank you for enjoying another episode of from overwhelmed to under control I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.